You're listening to the Quince podcast. The infamous Israeli spyware Pegasus has kicked up a storm once again. Over 300 Indians may have been spied on using this dangerous software that can allow a hacker to gain access to pretty much everything in a person's phone, including encrypted messages, audio and camera without the knowledge of the user. This egregious breach of privacy was reported by the Wire in a collaborative investigation conducted along with several other international media houses like the Guardian and the Washington Post that found a leaked database with 50,000 phone numbers from across the world that are believed to be linked to persons of interest listed by the clients of the NSO which is the Israeli firm that sells the Pegasus spyware. As far as India is concerned from the first tranche of reports that came on 18th July we know that 40 of the 300 verified numbers from the country belong to journalists from some of India's top media houses like the Hindustan Times, India Today, Network 80 in the Hindu, the Indian Express and the Wire. The spyware is also believed to have been used on numbers belonging to at least 9 rights activists, lawyers and academicians who've been arrested in the Bhima Koregao case. From the second tranche of reports that came on 19th July, we know that PM Modi's political adversary, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi was also added to this list along with India's top virologist, Dr. Gagandeep Kang. political strategist Prashant Kishore's phone also appears to have been compromised ironically even the recently sworn in IT minister Ashwini Vaishnav who's currently defending the center from allegations of spying is on the target list along with a minister of state Pralhad Patel and former election commissioner Ashok Lavasa but details on a sitting supreme court judge who's reportedly on the target list is still awaited while the NSO claims that it only sells the spyware to quote unquote vetted governments the indian government has dismissed the report saying that they're not only quote unquote bereft of facts but also founded in preconceived conclusions but at a time when a smartphones have become a primary device that stores a lot of our personal data What does the use of the Pegasus spyware on Indian journalists, opposition leaders and other citizens say about the state of surveillance? Who is answerable for this grave assault on privacy? In this podcast you'll hear from senior Congress leader and Lok Sabha MP Shashi Tharoor, Mishi Chaudhary who's a lawyer and the legal director and founder of the Software Freedom Law Center, and Apar Gupta, the executive director of the Internet Freedom Foundation. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Shorbury. The unfolding details of the Pegasus spyware attack on citizens is appalling to say the least. According to the reports, a big chunk of the numbers identified in the leaked list comes from a cluster of countries like India, Azerbaijan, Bahrain, Hungary, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Morocco, Rwanda. Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Now it cannot be ascertained whether all the phone numbers which feature on this list was compromised or not without a proper forensic analysis. But the Wire reported that at least 10 of the Indian phone numbers from the leaked data including those of the Wire's founder editors Siddharth Vaidyarajan and MK Venu showed signs of either an attempted attack or a successful Pegasus hack after they were put through a forensic test. Forensic analysis on political strategist Prashant Kishore's phone also showed traces of Pegasus from as recently as 13 July, which is the day he had met Congress leaders Rahul Gandhi and Priyanka Gandhi in Delhi. And the Wire report says, and I'm quoting a line, quote, In fact, a hack of Kishore's phone occurred even on the day that the Wire met him and Amnesty International helped conduct forensic analysis on it, end quote. 
The Quint spoke to Mr. Shashi Tharoor after the reports got out late on 18th July, who said it was a matter of concern if citizens in a democratic state like India are being spied upon. Well, it's a matter of concern because obviously in our country, we are a democracy. There is freedom of expression. You don't expect the government to be interfering with journalists doing their duty. So that is a real concern. Second, we know that apparently more details are scheduled to emerge tomorrow in which politicians, ministers, and according to the article, even a, a constitutional authority also seem to have been surveilled in this manner. And this raises some very serious questions about how uh, the people who deployed this software were operating. Um, I don't believe the government has acknowledged any responsibility for doing so. The NSO that sells Pegasus software claims they only sell it to vetted governments. So the question that comes up is whether the government of India did this or whether a foreign government is tapping uh, or surveilling Indian phones. These are all very serious questions. Now, the earlier versions of Pegasus used to employ spear phishing techniques like sending a link with malware in a text or an email perhaps. But a worrying new development in the spyware is that now it is shifting towards zero-click attacks, which means that it doesn't even need any user interaction. No links to click, nothing. So a user won't even get to know that their phones have been hacked. And once the spyware has gotten in, then it can gain access to any kind of information on people's phones. And by that, I mean everything. Calls, emails, texts, location, app data, calendar, camera, audio, everything. And Apar Gupta explains more about how the NSO works. So Pegasus essentially is a spyware which can be installed on any smartphone and this is purchased from NSO. It is only sold to countries as per the regulations in Israel in which the Israeli Ministry of Defense um, greenlights any potential sale to any country by NSO which is the Israeli company. So it cannot be purchased by individuals or companies. It can only be purchased by government entities or departments. And secondly, it cannot be used, for instance, on uh, journalists, opposition leaders. As per NSO, it should only be used for dealing with cases of terrorism or national security rather than on human rights defenders. So it's putting a very large question mark on what Pegasus and how it was acquired and who it was acquired by. Pegasus can be installed with a missed call on WhatsApp, at least for some period of time when there was a vulnerability or through a zero-click exploit in which it can even be sent on somebody's smartphone through iMessage where a person does not even need to click on it. And once Pegasus is there in a smartphone or a digital device, as per its manual itself, it gives a very wide range of uh, functionality in which a person's phone can be virtually mirrored. All data within it can be extracted. So for instance, your all records, all your pictures, all your chats, all of that is visible to a person who has installed Pegasus on your device. In addition to that, the phone can also be activated as a surveillance device even when you're not speaking on the phone as a listening recording device and data can then be exported from it. This is very concerning and this in fact is in contravention to protections which are there under the Information Technology Act which actually prohibit hacking and make it a criminal offence. But there has been no investigation into this at present even when disclosures were made in 2019. But despite the kind of threat it poses to people's privacy, this is not the first time that a Pegasus spyware attack has been reported internationally or in India. In fact, 
Israel's NSO group and its Pegasus spyware have been making headlines ever since 2016 when it was found to be spying on an Emirati human rights activist Ahmed Mansoor and then again in 2019 the spyware was found to be used to snoop on 1400 users phones across the world including 121 Indian journalists and activists using a vulnerability on WhatsApp but thankfully the company was able to notify its users and irrespective of the illegality of such mindless hacking and despite the previous evidences of Pegasus attack we are back to the same place without any accountability and without any investigation on who is behind it all while the nso has denied any wrongdoing claiming that they sell the spyware only to quote unquote vetted government customers the indian government's response has been far from satisfactory even as they're facing allegations of spying on citizens in violation of it rules in 2019 after reports of the initial pegasus hacks on indian citizens came out then the it ministry which was headed by ravi shankar prasad without divulging any clear information on if the government or any of its agencies had purchased and utilized the spyware had simply said that it quote operates strictly as per provisions of law and laid down protocols and that there are adequate safeguards to ensure that no innocent citizen is harassed or his privacy breached end quote and after the recent reports alluding to its 2019 statement ashwini vaishno whose own name has appeared on the target list said quote India's Minister of Electronics and the IT has also spoken in detail including in the parliament that there has been no unauthorized interception by government agencies end quote let's also listen to a snippet of his response in the parliament on 19th July honorable speaker sir i rise to make a statement on reported use of spyware pegasus to compromise phone data of some persons a highly sensational story was published by a web portal yesterday night Many over the top allegations have been made around this story honorable speaker sir the press reports have appeared a day before the monsoon session of the parliament this cannot be a coincidence honorable speaker sir in the past similar claims were made regarding the use of pegasus on whatsapp those reports had no factual basis and were categorically denied by all parties including in the supreme court the press reports of 18 july 2021 also appear to be an attempt to malign the indian democracy and its well established institutions but even if there hasn't been any unauthorized interception by government agencies looking at just the scale of the attack shouldn't the government be launching urgent action now under the it act there are certain circumstances where spying is legally permitted in the interest of the state but given this level of surveillance that has been exposed by these reports mr gupta says that it's absolutely necessary to bring in discussions of surveillance reforms and here the larger question of surveillance reform comes in the indian telegraph act under section 52 and the information technology act under section 69a provide certain interception powers to the government now interception powers are there with several democratic governments but they need to be exercised with a certain degree of oversight in which there is a level of um, uh, of of distribution of power which can be checked rather than just centralizing it in the executive branch or the intelligence agencies who get to pass the orders as well as conduct the surveillance and there are no checks and balances because these orders are secret and never revealed to any other person or entity which is why it becomes important for judicial oversight to be there and all of this is presently also outside the ambit of the data protection bill which is pending before parliament in this kind of scenario and these kind of alarming or revelations which undermine our trust in participatory democracy because ultimately please to consider even cabinet ministers are being tapped 
Mishi Chaudhary says that India is perhaps the only democratic country without any parliamentary or judicial oversight on the state of surveillance. Pegasus is a nasty, nasty piece of technology being used now to target human rights activists, journalists, and anybody who speaks truth to power all around the world. Um, Pegasus, which is a client of NSO, can take control of a phone, enabling them to extract a person's messages, calls, photos, emails, and they also secretly activate cameras or microphones and read the contents of even the encrypted messaging apps um, such as WhatsApp, Telegram, or Signal. It comes as no surprise because uh, the last time we learned about this was the government of India was spying, exploiting the vulnerability in WhatsApp on a variety of human rights activists and journalists. India is perhaps the only democratic country which does not have any oversight, whether it is by the judiciary or by the parliament, over the surveillance the government carries out on its own citizens. We are in a dire need for this, but there has been no discussion for obvious reasons, because no matter which party is in power, they all want to surveil their citizens. Um, the data protection bill does not talk at all about surveillance which the state carries out. In fact, the government keeps expanding the extent of powers it has to carry out such illegal surveillance which goes against the Human Rights Declaration or even um, the ICCPR which India is a party to. Um, the monsoon session is starting. I think it is high time that the elected representatives stop giving excuses to their citizens and uh, also the citizens stop forgetting and normalizing that this is just a compliment of the fact that you are doing a great job or a medal of honor because you're a journalist. We cannot normalize this. We need reform and we need answers and not evasive explanations from our elected representatives that why do they pretend to be a democracy if they are going to continue behaving in authoritarian fashion so that all institutions are destroyed. A citizen does not have any freedom or liberty to exercise any kind of their rights. But looking at the reports, a lot of the names in the list appear to be of people who have been stern critics of the government, including Modi's political adversary at national level, Rahul Gandhi, and a few of his aides. And Rahul Gandhi's name was added to the list ahead of the 2019 elections. West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee's nephew, Abhishek Banerjee, is also another opposition leader who could be a potential target. Political strategist Prashant Kishore, who's often been credited for catapulting the Modi government into power in 2014, is another big name on the list. And as we know, in the past few years, he has not only criticized the Modi government, but has also helped opposition parties like the Aam Admi Party and the TMC towards electoral victories against the BJP in Delhi and West Bengal elections. Evidently, a lot of journalists from across the world are likely to have been surveilled on using this powerful spyware. Some of the Indian journalists who feature on the list have been reporting on sensitive matters like Home Ministry Affairs, Defence and Jammu and Kashmir. What is also interesting to note is that in certain cases, names of targets were found to be added to the surveillance list after very specific events. According to the Wires reports, Rohini Singh's number appears on the list after she filed some sweeping reports on business affairs of Home Minister Amit Shah's son, Jay Shah and Nikhil Merchant, a businessman who is known to be close to PM Modi. 
Similarly, Indian Express journalist Sushant Singh's number propped up on the list around mid 2018 while he was working on the controversial Rafale deal. Or if you look at the Elgar Parishad accused, due professor Haney Babu and rights activist Rona Wilson's numbers were added to the list in 2017 after they had met in Kollam during a family trip. Varavara Rao's daughter's phone first appeared in the database around the time he was placed under house arrest in 2019 while interestingly Sudha Bhardwaj, Vernon Gonzalez and Arun Ferreira's numbers appear on the list months after they were arrested and their phones confiscated. Election Commissioner Ashok Lavasa who was the only one in the three member election commission who ruled that Prime Minister Narendra Modi had violated the model code of conduct while campaigning for the 2019 general election was selected as a target for surveillance just weeks after his descent and interestingly days after a supreme court staffer had accused former CJI Ranjan Gogoi of sexual harassment in the year 2019 she along with some of her family members were added to the list Now amid the kind of pushback from the government that we are witnessing on journalists and against rights defenders this report does bring about very serious concerns on the vulnerability of the press and free speech but an obvious question that comes up while skimming through the list of the targets is whether there's a political meaning behind all this Mr Tharoor says that although the Indian government hasn't owned up any responsibility it's clear that there's a dire need for an independent investigation I can tell you what we have done so far as we've actually had discussions on this when the first time the pegasus story broke 2 years ago when the citizens lab in toronto notified some people in india that their phones may have been compromised those people wrote to me and i summoned some representatives of the victims as well as the ministries concerned the home ministry the it ministry and so on uh, no one was prepared to concede that they had actually um deployed this uh, software uh, even for under the official uh national security exemptions yeah. that could be permitted so uh we had kind of more or less reached a dead end there this is now a fresh bit of evidence i think it's becoming very clear that um there is a case for an independent inquiry perhaps headed by a judge uh who would act like a supreme court judge ideally who would have the power not just to summon witnesses and documents but also to weigh the evidence in a judicial manner But the story doesn't end here. Such kind of attacks are not uncommon for journalists and rights defenders, but the fact that this powerful spyware was used to potentially target opposition leaders, serving ministers and a sitting Supreme Court judge makes it an extremely serious issue. Given the kind of backlash the government is facing owing to these reports on the very first day of the monsoon session, will there be accountability this time around? Stay tuned to the Quint for all updates on the story. If you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates we'll have on Apple Google Podcast Spotify GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section for any feedback shoot an email to podcasts@thequinn.com Thanks for listening Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 